All right, here we are on Word and Worship. We're so excited to have you here on Friday Night Word and Worship. We're going to be talking about born again, question mark. You know, what's that really mean? And that's what we're going to dig into John 3, the chapter 3, the, probably the first 16 verses. And we'll also be playing the, the Chosen clip, which did a great job of depicting Jesus and who Nicodemus may have been. And uh, really digging into uh, what it means to be born again. Um, beautiful scripture here and so we just, uh, just prayed and invited this, the presence of the Lord in and so I just ask you to just uh, enjoy this next hour if you have a backstage pass make sure you come and join us there we can praise with us and then we're gonna have an extra half hour of discussing this scripture with you live on zoom uh, backstage so uh, get your backstage pass it's free just go to blessedteach.com it's blessed with the number two teach.com and go to backstage. We're also congregating in the neighborhood there, and that is where you uh, can have a free Facebook replacement platform. It does almost everything Facebook does. You have groups and pages. And most importantly, we have groups where you get with other Christian patriots and uh, all kinds of um, groups at your time that will work for you throughout the day and weekends. And then obviously you can join us backstage anytime after our show. Our show's every night, Monday through Friday, or Monday through Friday, including Word and Worship here on Friday night. So put that in your calendar to join us uh, on Friday night, Word and Worship. And so again, we've invited the presence of the Lord. I can already feel him here. <laughs> and with that, we are just going to worship to a song that talks about how mighty the Lord is to save uh, to start this out. So we're gonna we're gonna move right into that, and then we're gonna bring Gus on to, to teach the first part of John one John three and read through that and give his insights. We'll both give our insights. It's beautiful to to be able to teach with Gus. So let's dig into that now. This is mighty to save, and it's got some awesome scripture as well. In fact, it talks. My God is mighty to save. And Zephariah 3.17 says, The Lord your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. And then it talks about Christ, and this is what we're going to be talking about in John 3. He rose and conquered the grave. So this is obviously before he died when he's talking to Nicodemus. But we know what's about ready to happen is Christ died for our sins in accordance with the scriptures. That he was buried, that he was raised, and on the third day, and it was raised on the third day. And that, then that he appeared, this is the last part of this I love in 1 Corinthians, is that it talks about, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the 12, then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive. I love that, 500 people. You know, you know uh, that's amazing, this confirmation. Not only to the 12, not only to the Cephas, but to the 500. And this whole song is about shine your light and let the whole world see. You're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. So let your light shine before others. That's what Matthew talks about. We're going to be celebrating Jesus today. Let's worship. 
Come 
get to that song in just a second. It's like, wow, I just love this. So what we're going to do right now is dig in to John 3. And uh, I'm going to bring on my teaching partner here. I'm going to try to flip over to the scriptures here if I can get to it. And we are going to be digging into John 3. Let me flip over to this other view where I can see Gus to my side. So Gus, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing wonderful, Rick. As long as I got myself unmuted here, so everybody can hear me. All right. I'm your partner in. Uh, I'm your partner in the opposite of crime. I don't know what word. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so, if you wouldn't mind just kind of leading us through maybe this first part of uh, John three. Okay. Uh, let's see. You must be born again. John chapter three. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus a ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, teacher, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these things that you do unless God is with him. Jesus answered him and said, truly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. I don't know where you want me to stop there, Rick. I'm mm. going to keep going. Yeah, whenever you want to, when you were to commentate, go ahead and pause. Okay. So he said, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter his, a second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus said, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless one is born of the water and of the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. Wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sounds of it, but you do not know where it comes from where it's going so it is with everyone that is born of the spirit Woo! there's some stuff to so, dig in there any <laughs> any thoughts on that Gus <laughs> oh loads loads you know I like you said I remember uh, in my earlier days you know when you hear I'm sure when people hear born again all of a sudden born again people again you know they don't when you don't understand uh, it sounds a little quirky, but yeah, there's a lot here. Uh, what he's saying to him is, uh, truly, truly, I say unto you, unless a man is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Well, when Jesus came down, he said, repent. He said, the kingdom of heaven is upon you. It was here. It was in Jesus. It was with Jesus. Uh, so there's a misnomer, I believe, in my opinion, in that's taught in the church that heaven is this faraway place, far from us. One day, if we're really, really good, we're going to go there and live with Jesus for the rest of our eternity. In a sense, it's true, but heaven is wrapped all around us like the blanket when we're born again. When we're in our carnal birth, which is the water birth, everyone's born of the water. They're born of the mother's, of the mother's womb. Think about it. Everybody on this planet that's of the seed of Adam has passed through the, the water of their mother's womb. 
So that's to me, that's the the natural birth he's referring to is flat. What's flesh is flesh, and what's spirit is spirit. She must be born again from above. That comes when you hear the word, you acknowledge the word, and you believe it. Then you become born again. Then that mustard seed is planted in there, and then it continues to grow as you continue on in the word and words of the author and finish of our faith so your faith gets stronger and stronger and stronger as you walk with the lord yeah that's a beautiful uh, way to think through that um one a couple of things for context for people is that nicodemus a ruler of the jews right so this was a key key leader um probably one of the top rabbis in the sanhedrin right which is this jewish mm -hmm. leadership and so this is shocking because most of the Pharisees had completely rejected. All the rulers had rejected Jesus, right? So to have a leader... It's the light came to him by night. Right? Exactly. And so that's one of the key things is that uh, came to Jesus by night. So it's almost represents in some ways that all these Pharisees that were in darkness, right? They were in darkness uh, because they, they were rejecting Jesus. But here he is at least coming to ask some questions another real interesting thing to me here is that he called him rabbi and a lot of reasons why they rejected jesus because he didn't have any formal training he wasn't formally a rabbi so right now we see nicodemus's heart is different than most of the pharisees because he says he calls him rabbi so um, the depiction that we're going to see in The Chosen, with the, the man that plays Nicodemus is Greg, and he, uh, so he's elderly, he's one of the leaders, he's teaching throughout the earlier versions of The Chosen on season one that we're going to be looking to. And I think it's a really good depiction because this is a man that was thinking completely differently than most of the leaders that had just rejected him and they had hatred in this, their hearts for Jesus. This man knew something was different about, and he actually calls Jesus rabbi. Now he's chicken. Doesn't 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 come talk, talk to him a day, comes by night. But at least he's coming to seek Jesus, right? So it doesn't matter where you are, Jesus is going to meet you, and he agreed to meet with Nicodemus, despite him being a Pharisee, despite him being a ruler of the Jews, a ruler of the Sanhedrin. So uh, that context I think is really important here, and uh, he's asking here is the leader who's supposed to be teaching everybody else who memorized large portions of, of, the, of the biblical text, the Torah, right? The Old Testament. And here he is, a teacher of the law, coming to seek Jesus for information. And now we're going to understand a little bit more why there. And um, you talked about this, is that... Another, go ahead. Another interesting fact, I looked up Nicodemus. I do this a lot. I look up the names, the meaning of the names, and it means victory of the common people so i thought well nicodemus is he's carnal right now he's not born again or actually he's in the process right now i think because he's beginning to see jesus he's coming to jesus he's starting to ask him questions so he's he's like almost there but of course remember jesus had to suffer die be buried rose he rose again and then after 40 days, he ascended into heaven. He seated the right hand of the Father, put his blood on the mercy seat. And that's when the Holy Spirit was released that everybody is available to it. Now, Old Testament, you just had prophets that God would speak through. Now you got prophets he still speaks through. Now he can speak through 
there's a lot of prophets out there, a lot more than the Old Testament because the Holy Spirit's been released. Yes, yeah, that's so, a that's a great point. That's a great point. So it's the, like the victory of the common people or the carnal people is the Holy Spirit of God, right? I love this, and obviously this is before Jesus was crucified, right? But he came here and he was rejected by his own people, right? And that obviously is mainly the religious people. And I think that can apply to today quite a bit when we look at um, God working through the Holy Spirit and all these prophets are coming up and all these, uh, you, you see miracles and signs and wonders happening and, and people are going, wow, what's going on? And it's being rejected by the most religious people, uh, especially the mega churches and stuff that teach that everything seized in the past and so we see all this happening God moving on his remnant and we are because we believe in signs and miracles and prophets um, are being rejected just like Jesus was uh, but here's Nicodemus one of the leaders listening so there's some of these leaders that are starting to see what's happening with the prophets see what's happening with signs and miracles and wonders and they're interested and they're asking questions so this remnant is the one are, are kind of right now is representing the body of Christ. So we are in essence Jesus being active on earth and uh, and, the, and the religious religious legalistic leaders are, are, are coming to us by night <laughs> right They're coming to us by night to figure out what's going on with this. It's exciting times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll tell you if I can add Rick I had a Lord threw a scripture in my head or reminded me of Hebrews. I'm not sure where that scripture is, but it talks about how Jesus Christ didn't come in the form of angels. Mm-hmm. He came in the similitude of man, of right. us, of the seed of Adam, because he came with blood so he could be sacrificed on the altar, suspended between earth and heaven to make the way for us back to the Father. Uh, and he came same way every one of us are born through the womb like a little seed planted in a mother's womb and he was born and was risen just like us and that's why he's uh he's our our priest our high priest right because he knows everything that we've been through he's experienced everything that humans have experienced yeah and i think uh, and you alluded this to a little bit earlier gus that i think is really critical is that most people just thinking logically and being in the world and listening to about religion think that I just have to be a good person I'm gonna go to heaven and the Bible is extremely clear that's not right that was the biggest (laughs) aha to me when I started reading the scriptures is like oh my goodness this is everyone deserves hell that's what it's because for all have sinned and fall glory of the God is what Romans 3:23 says and it's like one of the things that this says is this is why Jesus says can you know he said the question is can he enter a second time into the mother's womb he he didn't understand what he he meant when he said unless one is born again he cannot enter the kingdom of God so you have to have the second birth right you have our physical birth and we come in as sinful people and we, we we aren't perfect we can't be perfect where the wages of sin is death and, and, and we have sin. And so Jesus is clearly telling Nicodemus something that just escaped him because he was following the law, trying to follow all 613 laws and trying to 
and trying to actually live those and, and get there by works. That's what the Pharisees were doing, the Sadducees were doing. That's why they missed it. This is about your heart and not about your, right. your, just, your, your simple obedience. And so you cannot, and that's what the, one of the biggest messages we want to get across today of what the scripture I think is telling you is you are not going to get to heaven by being a good person or going to church or paying your tithing. Those are works. The way you're going to get yeah. to heaven is by being born again. It's 100% Jesus. Believing. It's 0% believing. us. Yes. It's a belief believing. in God. The hour I first believed, the song says, right? Amazing <laughs> grace. How sweet this <laughs> sound. I love it. I love it. Now I first believed. Uh, yeah. I love another that. Another quick point there, but... Uh, We'll you, I love how you do this. I love how you talked about this. It's just a, the, that which is born of flesh is flesh, and that's what we're born in. And but we're born in sin because of Adam and yeah. Eve sin, right? And that one man, Adam, sinned, and that brought in death and destruction, and we we got removed from the Garden of Eden. So we have this huge separation between us and God, and that's that separation is sin. And uh, therefore, at flesh, we, we can't jump jump the Grand Canyon with our flesh, right? We have to, right. the only thing that's going to fill that chasm is Christ. It's 100% Jesus and 0% us. And that's what this is all yes. talking about, of being born of the Spirit. And um, and, he's, and he's saying, this has got to be obvious to you, Nicodemus, right? Don't, do not marvel. And uh, well, then he, it's, go it's, ahead. It's like, uh, we're all born carnally. Mm -hmm. Six is the number, I like to think of it this way. Six is the number of man. Uh, and if you read Hebrews real good, folks, just read that and keep this lens in mind. Uh, we need our six to turn to a seven. Six is carnal man. But when you enter in the seventh day, you enter into his rest, where you just rest in the Lord and believe everything he says. If Eve believed everything he said, she would have never listened to the serpent in the garden. But it's all part of our learning. And it's all about what, what God says. Not us figuring out what's good or bad. He defines good or bad through his word, which is all good. Right? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. And we talked a little yeah. bit about this uh, before, Gus, when we were um, uh, when, when we were talking about... Um, I'm just trying to get Gus back on the screen here. Let's see, pin to the second Hello? screen. There you are. <laughs> right. there, there you are. Yeah, so... I just had to say something. Yeah, so, do, so it says... Um, uh, and then it gets into the wind blows where it wishes and you hear it sound but you do not know where it comes from and this comes back a little bit back although the doubting thomas who would not believe that jesus had raised from dead it appeared to all the all the all the uh, um apostles except for him right because he wasn't there in the room so 10 10 of the men it appeared mm -hmm. to maybe even uh, i can't remember if the the if judas had been replaced at this time i don't think so but um, but it, but when he saw Jesus and he goes he goes my Lord and my God, and then Jesus said uh, uh, explain that hey blesses the person who does that doesn't see you don't see God you can't see that Jesus was raised from the dead but you can read about it and believe it and uh, yeah. just just like you know the effects of it you see the effects of people that come to Christ you see the effects of these signs miracles wonders happening you see the effects of these prophets literally speaking the word of God but 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 you might not see it just but you know wind wind has its effects so anything on the wind or anything i guess that got you there well what comes 
what comes to my mind is that for years I thought this, you know, people hand out these tracts and everything. That's good because we, we basically take this word with the Spirit and we share the gospel story with others. When we're sharing the gospel, the Spirit and the word are one. And if they hear it and they believe it, they'll get that seed plan and they'll believe and go on in Christ. But it's like there's not a, I think he's saying there's, there's not a, a recipe. I can't tell you do A, B, and C, you're going to be born again. Because the, just like the wind blows and you can feel the effects of it, hear the sound of it, but you don't know where it started or, or where it's ending, it's that's so is the Spirit. Because Jesus said, no man comes to me. Jesus is the Word of God, right? So no man comes to the Word of God unless my Father, the Spirit, draw him. So at some point in everybody's life here, you're going to be drawn to the Word and you're going to read it, you're going to see it, you're going to hear it. And that's where you got to choose whether do I believe this or do I not? When you believe that seed gets planted in you and it begins to grow. And then you go from faith to faith. The more you read the word, the word is the author and finisher of your faith. So the more you're in it, trust me, God will, the more you pray and ask God, solicit him, he'll, he'll prove himself to you again and again and again. Your faith will get stronger and stronger and stronger. Before you know it, you'll be praying, laying hands on people, praying for them, watching get healed. That's what we're looking for him to flow through us. It ain't about us. It's all about him through all of us, each of us. Amen. That's a mouthful. Sorry. No, that's beautiful. And, and this is, this is what this is all about guys is understanding how to be born again is, is, uh, is you can see the effects. If you talk to anybody that has experienced this, and there's millions, probably billions of people who've, who've experienced this, and you can see the effects change lives. People getting off drugs, people literally having transformed lives completely. And we're really going to see it here in the upcoming times when he separates between his children and those who are not of his children, but also within his children, which who are legal and realistic, and who's the remnant. And so this is the time to believe in him Make sure you're born again, but also be following him where you're part of the remnant and you're not falling into legalism. And then this, this next part goes into this. It says, Nicodemus said to him, how can these things be? Jesus answered him, are you the teacher of Israel and yet you do not understand these things? Truly, truly, I say to you, we speak of what we know and bear witness to what we have seen, but you do not receive our testimony. And they get to see the changed lives of the disciples who all just follow him. The 72 he sent out and there's miracles happening and all these people are getting healed. And, and uh, the 72 come back and yet, yet the Pharisees were just rejecting it. Their testimony of we were there seeing God work right before him. Jesus is performing all these miracles. The blind will see. The dumb will speak. The deaf will hear again. And, and they're going and, and, and he even sees, uh, I'm not sure if this is before or after. I think it was uh, before. Because uh, John's gospel is not chronological, but it's but it, but he but he he raised Lazarus from the dead. The, the girl, the girl we t- just talked about last night, Jairus's daughter raised from the dead, and so that is testimony beyond what they would have ever seen. And uh, if I told you, you go ahead, go ahead, yeah. Uh, I don't I, I don't want to get too far. I had one one thing just to plant in everybody's uh, heart. When you go back and read this, everybody in the sound of my voice. Uh, just take note that the first thing he said was uh, you can't see the kingdom of God because you don't see it carnally. We live by, we don't live by sight, we live by faith, faith in the word. So he said you can't see. And then the second time 
he said you can't enter the kingdom of god and just think about that think why that is maybe he'll speak to you on that but here what i noticed rick and this is the first time i've seen this as i was looking at this before tonight uh just before we came on he says we speak what we know now as far as we know it's just jesus and nicodemus here right and jesus is saying to him we speak what we know and i said we i said well the disciples are no it doesn't say the disciples are there remember in the beginning he said let us make man in our own image because we have a triune god and you got the spirit of the father who i feel the spirit all over me right now you got the spirit of god almighty inside jesus and the two of them, the word and the spirit are saying, we speak what we know mm-hmm. and we bear witness to what we have seen. And, you know, another point, another place in the Bible, he says, Jesus said, I do those things I see my father do spiritually. And I say those things I hear my father say. And that, that was it. I just wanted to drop that nugget in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And, and what we need to make sure is that we understand what we what's happened into the world since Christ came and how everything's been transformed. There's books even written about that, about what if Jesus didn't have ever been born and how even democracy came across for it and this republic was established with no slavery, right? Uh, um, as Everybody was either, uh, slavery was in every culture, right? And it wasn't until this, co- this country came to being and we and it ended slavery. Uh, where you had a had a true covenant relationship with the Lord. This finishes, it says, If I have told you earthly things and you do not believe, how can you believe if I tell you heavenly things? No one has ascended into the heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. That's what we're talking about here. So anything about this right here where it talks about earthly things? I, uh, well, he's saying, if I tell you spiritual things and you don't believe, how are you going to believe? I told you earthly things and you do not believe. So he's comparing, again, carnal things to spiritual things, the spiritual things we see with our with our mind's eye, with our uh, consciousness in the spirit, you know? Um but here's one thing I noted here. No one has ascended into heaven except he who descended from heaven, the Son of Man. And the Lord took me, I believe, now I believe this is a reference to Isaiah uh, chapter 14, 13. And it's talking about where where uh, Satan was saying, all right, he says, How art thou fallen, O Satan, O Lucifer, son of the morning? Thou art thou cut down to the ground, which did weakest the nations. For thou hast said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I believe Jesus is giving a dig to Satan right here. So no man has ascended up there except me that came down from there. <laughs> I'm going to go back up there. And you ain't never going to ascend up there, I think. Yeah. I don't know. What say you? Yeah, well, that's what the whole book of Hebrews is about. Is about Jesus is greater than the than, than the angels, right? And he's uh, completely yeah. different than the priests, and yeah, and he's he's unique. He's the only Son of God, and he was sent here as God in flesh, Emmanuel. I just love the. That's why this love Christmas, my first Christmas ever, I got saved, was to go hear all these songs I had sung in church with not really any conviction, 
And then here, it's been, and the songs talk about Emmanuel, God with us. It's like, oh, it's just such a beautiful thing. But he's unique, right? I mean, uh, wow. <laughs> God in flesh here. Second person of the Trinity here on earth. And uh, that's a beautiful and part. We're made in his image. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, uh, you now, know, that... What's the, what do you got to say about the Moses and lifting up the serpent in the wilderness? Yeah, Explain isn't that, that isn't that interesting? Because that's obviously going back to Exodus, right? Where where everybody got sick, there were snakes around, and all that, you know, and, and he held held up that serpent. Um, and uh, yeah, that, they were. Yeah, go ahead. They were grumbling about, uh, "Would you lead us out in the desert to die? We got no food, we got no water." And then he caused them all to be bitten by serpents. So then he had to make a. Uh, Moses or Aaron had Aaron make a uh, staff with a snake on it, and right. everyone that beheld the staff would be healed of the serpents, whatever. And it was kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus Christ because I thought about this. Jesus actually became the serpent on the cross because it's like he was the sin eater. He he absorbed all our sin into himself and put it in the grave and come back up alive, you know, clean, squeaky clean. So yeah, it's like. Uh, because he says, even as uh, the serpent in the wilderness, so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him shall have eternal life. Son yes. of Man, of course, is a reference to the book of Daniel, where he referred to the Son of Man, Jesus. Yeah. And I think that's why it's so important to understand the Old Testament stories and the New Testament stories and how that applies to today, right? So you can just see here a clear example of understanding Exodus. Um, allows you to understand what Jesus is saying right now about this that you need to be looking up to Jesus in order to be saved right and that is a key today and I think even now that we're this Holy Spirit's in us and we're the body of Christ that we need to be looking up to the Lord God Almighty and not into the fake media not into the junk intel he wants us to be focused on him right now if we really want to be rescued so the back to Exodus in order to be rescued from all their sickness and everything, they'd be look at the staff, right? And then here he's talking to Nicodemus in order to be saved, you need to be looking at the Son of Man. And, and now today we need to be looking to the Lord God Almighty and what Jesus did for us in order to be saved from this cabal and what's going on. So, five, five, yeah. five. I'm pretty sure. Nicodemus probably didn't know quite what he was talking about here. Like Jesus planted little prophetic seeds all along the way with disciples, and they're like scratching his head. What do you mean by that? But after he was died and was on the cross, they realized it was the fulfillment of all those little seeds he planted. That's how God works. He plant. You got just got to be looking. He comes to those who are looking for him, right? right. So if you're looking for him every day, he's going to drop little hints to you, and then all of a sudden, boom you're going to get the revelation. Right. So he wasn't lifted up yet, so he didn't know. But when he, I'm sure when Jesus was lifted up, he went back to this, remember, remembered this conversation and said, ah, that's what he was talking about. Yeah, there, there's right? a, yeah, that's, that, that's, I think it, that, and, that, and he's speaking to the teacher of the law who knows the law so well, right? And so I believe, uh, Nicodemus probably could have been affected by this. Who knows? Nicodemus we could see in heaven, right? As he, he could be one of the few Pharisees that literally end up giving him life to Christ. And that's how they, he's portrayed Amen. him as chosen. 
I did want to get back to this water and flesh a little bit um, where it talks about um, see where that is there it is so it's in verse 5 Jesus truly truly I say to you unless one is born of water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of God now I don't think that water is baptism right and it might be speaking more to Ezekiel 36 here which says I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean from your uncleansiness and from your idols I will cleanse you and this is one of the most famous one of my memory verses verse 26 Ezekiel 36 26 says and I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you and I'll remove the heart of stone from your flesh and it will give you a heart of flesh just think about this and so this is the Old Testament to me pointing to this moment in time talking about the refreshing part of this in Ezekiel uh, 36 but hey um, so in other places talks about the washing of the water of the word Uh, yeah it's and to the, to the baptism thing. So I've heard people say, "Yeah, well, water is water baptism." Well, what about the thief on the cross? He wasn't baptized, but yeah. he saw Jesus in paradise. He was born again yeah. right there when he believed Jesus, and that's and plus it says uh, in Ephesians four five, I think it is, is one faith, one Lord, one faith, one baptism. So which is it? Is the water, or is it when Jesus baptized you in the Spirit? The water, I think, foreshadows. Jesus baptizing us in the spirit because you're submerged and covered water the water cleanses you so it's kind of symbolic I would say if you're gonna be if you're born again today I'd go ahead and get baptized just just uh, just to fulfill that and do it publicly but I think they're referring to the one baptism of Jesus Christ because even John the Baptist said I baptize you with water there's one comes after me which is preferred before me whose shoes I can't unlatch. I'm not worthy even to untie his shoes. He's the one who's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. Awesome. So, I love that. Exactly right. One baptism is Jesus. Yes. When, and, and, you know, I was going to say this. When you're born again, it's a personal thing. He says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But it's like, it's a, it's a relationship between you and God and Jesus Christ. Because the word is quick and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the dividing asunder, the joints and the marrow, so it heals us physically and the soul and the spirit spiritually, and it's a discerner of our thoughts and the intents of our heart. So he knows what you're thinking. He knows what's in your heart. You know, it's kind of like Santa Claus. He knows you and you're sleeping. No, Jesus <laughs> He knows everything. He didn't have to. People didn't even have to talk to you. He knew what they were thinking inside their head, and he'd tell them. I mean, that's be enough for me right there. It's like, whoo, you are the Messiah. I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, no question. I love that where, you know, so so just importance of being born again is just so critical. And now we're going to watch a, 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 a chosen clip. It's like 10 minutes long, but it's very worth it to just see what this plausible scenario of this very text of uh, Nicodemus uh, uh, shown by the chosen. So let me uh, go to that portion here, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go full screen on this because it's just beautifully done. Um, uh, but here is Jesus and Nicodemus. Uh, just let let me go full screen here first, and uh, take this full screen, and here we go. 
don't know where to start. I have so many questions. I... Shall we sit first? Oh, yes. Of course. slums. Hmm. Many wandering preachers have succeeded in gathering crowds with their rhetoric and fiery tone. I've heard a few of them over the years myself. So you know the type. Mm -hmm. But I have never heard anyone tell a paralytic to get up and walk, much less it actually happened. So what is your conclusion? I believe you are not acting alone. No one can do these signs you do without having God in him. Only someone who has come from God. And how is that belief going over in the synagogue? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we are here at this hour. What else? What have you come here to show us? A kingdom. That is what our rulers are worried about. No, not that kind. Then what? A sort of kingdom that a person cannot see unless he is born again. Born again? Yes. You mean like a new creature? A conversion from Gentile to Jewish? No, no, that's not what I'm talking about. Then what is born again? I hope you don't mean return to the womb, because that would be a problem for me. My mother, may she rest in peace, is dead. Truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. That part of you, that, is what must be reborn to new life. How can these things be? Ah, a teacher of Israel, and yet you do not understand these things. Huh? I'm trying, Rabbi. I know. I know. Do you hear this? What? Listen. What do you hear? The wind. How do you know it's the wind? Because I can feel it. I hear its sound. Do you know where it comes from? No. Do you know where it's going? No. That's what it is to be born again of the Spirit. The Spirit may work in a way that is a mystery to you. And while you cannot see the Spirit, you can recognize his effect. Mind is consumed with thoughts of what a stir these words would cause among the teachers of the law. Yes, and I do not expect otherwise. I speak of what I know and have seen, and it has not been received by the religious leaders. It is hard to receive. So if I have told you of earthly things, and you do not believe, how can I tell you heavenly things? I believe your words. I just fear you may not have a chance to speak many more of them before you are silenced. 
I have come to do more than speak words, Nicodemus. More miracles? Yes. But even more than that. Do you remember when the children of Israel complained against God and against Moses in the wilderness of Paran? Yes. They wanted to return to Egypt and they cursed the manna that God sent them. And then? They were bitten by serpents and they were dying. But? But God made a way for them to be healed. Moses lifted the bronze serpent in the desert and people only needed to look at it. So will the Son of Man be lifted up so that whoever believes in him may have eternal life. Our people are not dying from snake bites. They're dying from taxation and oppression. I'm sorry to disappoint you. But I did not come to deliver the people from Rome. Then from what? From sin. From spiritual death. God loves the world in this way. That he gave his only son. That whoever believes in him shall not perish eternal life. So this has nothing to do with Rome. It's all about sin. God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, Nicodemus. He sent him to save it through him. It's as simple as Moses' serpent on the pole. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe stands condemned already. Have you ever heard anything like this before? Shh. When I met Lilith, Mary, that day, I told my wife and my students she was beyond human aid. Only God could have healed her. And then I saw her healed.
does your heart tell you? My heart is swollen with fear and wonder. He can tell me nothing except that I am standing on holy ground. <laughs> holy roof and There's a watch it on the chosen app. Um, somebody just asked me that you can download it on your Apple or Google Store, and then you can per, then you can push it up on your screen. I highly recommend um, getting that. And that brings us back to a little bit more scripture that Gus will read and dig into, where where we're 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 going to finish up this portion of it. Where um, and where did I, I was I see I was on the KJV. That's where it happened. So we were right here. Go ahead, Gus. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him, that is, through the word of God. It's the word made flesh, right? Whosoever believes in him is not condemned, but whosoever does not believe in is condemned already because he has not believed in the name of the only son of God. And this is the judgment that light has come into the world and people love the darkness rather than the light because their deeds were evil. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light lest his works should be exposed. Whosoever does what is true comes to the light, so that may be clearly seen that his works have been carried out in God. It's pretty powerful. Um, a lot of folks, I think, due to religion, I separate religion from relationship, uh, and what the enemy really has set up is divisionary tactics in, in the religious world out there to make non-christians look at christians like oh they're mean they're condemning we're not supposed to condemn that's god's job right he says judge not lest you be judged he's the judge we just pray for folks we love folks and we set the example in front of them when they see the exam when they feel the spirit of god through you they can't feel the spirit of god through you if you're condemning them because you know you're living by the law and thereby breaking the law, so you're useless in the kingdom of God. So, mm -hmm. 
I don't know what your thoughts are there, Rick, but he certainly didn't come in to condemn the world and say, you're doing this wrong, you're doing that wrong, you're doing that wrong. I look at the Old Testament as it was the, the you know, the law was the tutor to bring us to Christ. It was like boundaries to keep us till we make it to Christ to where we could have the new birth in our heart. Because whatsoever you believe is planted a seed in your heart and what you would, you know, we speak from the abundance of our heart, we act from the abundance of our heart. So if you believe the word of God and it's all good, you're going to have nothing but goodness coming out of you. And, and this is exactly right. This is really what the good news gospel is. In fact, the word gospel means good news. Right, mm -hmm. so the good news is you don't have to live all 613 rules your entire life per perfectly to get to heaven. In fact, we none of us can do it. And uh, yeah. this is what the whole New Testament is about. It is, uh, and this is one of the most famous verses in all the Bible, probably the most famous verse in all the Bible, John 3:16, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. And this is um, emphasized throughout Scripture over and over again. I just want to make sure everybody understands, though, that this belief is not knowledge in your head. It's belief in your heart. That's why Romans um, 10.9, right, is a, is a very, very important verse. I'm just going to bring that up real quick. Is It tells us how we are saved, and it, and it, and it kind of confirms what this says. And right here in Romans 10, 9 and 10, it says, because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So it's not in your head and knowing who he is. Remember, even the demons knew who Jesus was, but they didn't have him as their Lord and Savior. And it says, for with your heart one believes and is justified, and with your mouth one confess to be saved. So if you want to be saved, it's critical that you actually say it with your mouth, all right, and that you believe it in your heart. Uh, again, confessing that Jesus is your Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Anything on that, Gus? Um, well, again, believing... Believing, belief drives action. So whatever you truly believe in your heart is what's going to come out of your mouth. It's going to how you how you're going to react to a certain situation. Like if you got fear of something, you've got a stronghold inside. You had a let's say you had an episode when you were a child, some trauma, or you were taught something wrong, whatever, and that's in your heart. And you believe that. That's the type of strongholds that we need to tear down through God, through the power of God, through his word. Get those out and get the truth inside you. And that's, once you get the truth in you, it'll come. That's the confessing with your mouth because you're saying it, you're speaking from the abundance of your heart. Believe. Like I said, the word of God sees our thoughts and knows our hearts. So you can't, you can't fool God. No. Um, and it's, it's definitely, it's a change of the heart it's not a knowing of all the words and reciting them it's a no believing it in your heart that's true yeah forgot to have the background music there but <laughs> uh we're, we're getting that <laughs> all right <laughs> there you go 
So here's, and, and this is just so filled with everything, but it, but it, you know, don't stop at John 3.16 because there's so much more here. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, and, and Gus really talked about that quite, uh, quite eloquently, but, it, but in order that the world might be saved through him. So again, that is what I believe in putting in the current text. Um, Trump's not going to save us, right? The white hats aren't going to save us. There's only one thing that's going to save us, and that is the Lord God Almighty, and, and Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. And the thing is, I used to think, you know, when, when I read that, God did not send his son. His son is Jesus Christ. His son is the word of God from the beginning that was with God and was God, that created all things, and all things were created by him. And without him was not anything created that was created so you can say for god did not send his word into this world to condemn the world but in order that the world might be saved through his word and yes. flesh so it's all about believing his word like eve should have believed it in the garden when the serpent said eh eat from this tree he knows you're not going to die you're going to be a god like him and then she took the bait and and ate, <laughs> but she shouldn't have. She should have listened to God. She should have believed God and not listened to the voice of a stranger. Amen. So it's all into believing. Yeah. And whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe in him is condemned already. So, because guys, this is not works based. It's not what you do or have done. So, if you want to get to heaven, if you want to make sure that you are secure, no matter when you die, it has nothing to do with what you've done in the past or what you're going to do in the future or how much tithing you've given or how many times you've gone to church or how much scripture you've memorized. This is all about believing in him. If you don't want to be condemned and go to hell, whoever believes in him is not condemned. But if you decide, oh, that's uh, you, there, there's all these mountains that go to the same God. It says, but whoever does not believe is condemned already. That is how you assure yourself not to get to heaven. Because he has not believed in the name of the Son of God. You need to believe in the name of the Son of God, Jesus. He's the only way. It's very clear. It's very, very clear. And this is judgment. And if you want to make sure you are out of judgment, the light has come into the world and the people love the darkness rather than the light. So don't love the darkness. Make sure you love the light. And get in the way you, all of us remember, have evil works. We all have sinned in some way. We fall short. And uh, I know we're we're running over time, but I just love love this scripture. I don't want to rush it. For everyone who does wicked things hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his his works should be exposed. So if we don't accept Christ and have the Holy Spirit in us, we're not going to be able to do much to get out of the wickedness. But that's what the Holy Spirit allows us to do. We're not perfect at that point in time, but we are striving, and He helps us honor Him with with our lives. But whoever does does what is true comes to light. This is what you want to do, uh, so that it may be clearly seen that His works have been carried out by God. That's why we look. We don't judge people on their works, but we kind of know by their works whether they have really accepted Christ or not. And uh, I don't know if you have anything else on this last part. You can tell a tree by the fruit it bears, right? Yeah. Um, but again, it's it's a personal thing. 
is between you and God. Uh, he says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. It says the word of God is the beginning of knowledge, true knowledge. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge in this world that's just false knowledge, but the word of God is the truth. It's come straight from God's throne. Uh, as in 1 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is given by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Hebrews tells us that holy men through God delivered these oracles onto us all for our teaching and learning. So as part of the believing in the word that became flesh, uh, not just the person of Jesus 2000 years ago, but the word from the beginning. When Peter ran into him, not Peter, I'm sorry, it's Philip said, show us the father and we'll suffice. You know, we satisfy. And he says, and this is the spirit of the father in Jesus says to him, says, Peter, I've been with you so long, and you still don't know me. The Father's in there saying, you still don't know me. When you see me, you see the Father. When you see the Word, you see the Father. Because the Father's like the thought. The Word is the expression of what's in the Father. It's His only begotten Son. Because all other sons, the angels of God, were referred to as sons of God. Um, all other sons are begotten of the only begotten Son. Because He created all things but he wasn't created because he is one in the Father. It's one of those things that you meditate on and go over and over and over in your head and you realize, wow, God is awesome. <laughs> it's just, it cannot be interpreted by the carnal mind because the carnal mind does not discern these things because they're spiritually discerned once you're born again. Yes. And I'll say this, that his yoke is easy, his burden is light, so he's not looking for you to do everything all at once. He's you live day by day, read the word, and if he, if you feel a conviction, and because once he crack open, cracks open that heart and you get a new heart, you'll feel it. You'll know it. You'll get the warm fuzzies or whatever, probably, you know. But uh, he'll convict you of something you did or said. In it. And I've had it happen to me, things I was sharing with the backstage about something that happened 25 years ago with somebody, and the Lord put it on my heart, and I confessed. I said, Lord, if you want me to say anything to him particularly just put him in my path and then 25 years later i'm in new york and i walk past this dude and so yeah god will definitely he'll let you know what you got to do and all you got to do is confess your sins to him not to a person or whatever but yeah and that's an important point and i think we'll end with this before we go backstage a couple things we're going to say do a worship song and then go backstage you have a backstage pass get back there and we'll discuss this a little more um, but I would like uh, Gus to lead us through a salvation prayer. So I want everybody to understand this is an important time. You may have not realized this about this time by before reading this part of the scripture, that you are not saved by what you do. That's called works. Not that's zero percent you. It's a hundred percent Jesus and your belief in Him, and that is clear. And it's not belief in I know that He died on my cross for the, for the world. No, He died for you personally. And you have to accept it in your heart. You have to believe in your heart. Remember, the demons knew who he was. Okay, you can't just know who he is. You need to believe with your words. So say this out loud with Gus, this prayer, and accept him into your heart, knowing that it's nothing to do with what you've done in the past, what you're going to do. This is getting your sins washed as white as snow past sins doesn't matter what you've done in the past your present sins and your future sins and you will be assured that he will not 
the Father will not let you out of hands, right? You will be saved. But you have to commit to believing in your heart. So Gus, why don't you go ahead? Okay. Um, this may be different than you've ever heard before because it's going to be straight to my heart. But when I was born again, I had an experience and uh, the, I, the Lord just touched my heart. I prayed fervently, Lord. I, I said, Lord, I'll go to the church every Sunday. Yada, yada. I was in a position and, and where I needed help. And I was born again. I started going to church and I was just hungry for the word. And I started seeing things in the word that I had never seen before. Um, so being born again is seeing in the spirit. It's, it's realizing like Peter, Jesus asked, who do men say that I am? And some said, well, you're a prophet, you're Elijah, you're this, you're that. And he said, well, who do you say that? And so Jesus is saying today, who do you say that Jesus is? Well, Peter stood up in the crowd. He said, you're the Christ, you're the son of the living God. And he said, blessed are you, Simon and Barjona, because flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. So I'm praying right now, and I know Rick prayed fervently before this, that people who wouldn't see him and or I because we're just truly vessels trying to deliver the word of God and, and what we feel in our hearts to share with you our testimonies and our beliefs in the word so we're praying that your heart's been touched tonight you've heard something that we've spoken something that we've said that struck a, struck something in here and moved your heart you had a little earthquake in there whatever something moved and and the next thing that i had was i became hungry and thirsty for god's word like i never did before i wanted to just read the word all the time now if that doesn't happen in our order don't worry about it but just right now um with a pure heart say to jesus yourself to yourself to jesus just say lord lord now i see I was a sinner. I was a sinner. I have sinned because all have sinned and come short of your glory. All have sinned and fallen short of your glory. I confessed my sins before you. Lord, even the hidden sins I can't even think of right now, Lord. And I ask your forgiveness. I ask for forgiveness. And Lord Jesus, I ask you to come into my heart. I ask that you make me born again, Lord. I thank you that the Father Spirit has drawn me right here to this space in time. And I have this opportunity to speak to you and ask you to come into my heart. And Lord, I will follow you all the days of my life. I pray that you make me to hunger and thirst after your word, Lord. I pray that you give me the boldness to share this with others because I'm not ashamed of your gospel story because it is the power of God to salvation. Thank you, Lord. I ask this, Father, I pray all this in the name of Jesus Christ, my Lord and Savior, amen. Amen, beautiful. Beautiful, obviously, if you said that prayer, you can let us know. Go to info at blessedteach.com, send an email to info at blessedteach.com. We have the copy that has all the New Testament, got Proverbs and Psalms, as well as the Constitution of the United States. 
we'll send that to you. If you want a full Bible, just let us know. Um, and with that, we're going to just sing, bless the Lord, O my soul, right now. It's a beautiful way to do And then we're going to move to backstage. So let's, uh, let's uh, learn a little bit about what this song says and what is in the, it looks like I moved that part too far. But um, we'll learn a little bit about what the scripture says here that kind of relates to what we talked about. Do you want to read this, Gus? Can you see it? You want to read? I can. Go ahead. So the first line is, uh, Bless the Lord, O my soul. I worship your holy name. It reminds us of Psalm 103.1. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Another verse in this song is, You are rich in love and slow to anger. That'd be Nahum, chapter 1, verse 3. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. Third verse is, Your name is great. Jeremiah 10, 6. There is none like you, O Lord. You are great, and your name is great in mighty. Finally, we have... Sing like never before, O oh my soul, worship his holy name. That'd be Psalm 30, verse 4. Sing praises to the Lord, O you saying his saints, and give thanks to his holy name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So worship with us as we sing this song.
guys we are gonna move backstage now so I invite you all back there again just go to blessedteach.com and we will um, be talking about the scripture just a little bit more and just spend some time together as the blessed teach family it's a blessed teach ministry I think you'll really love I believe many people are being called to that they're listening to my voice right now uh, it's free for 30 days check it out and I've got a free platform uh, this is a free show obviously here um, and you can uh, just go to blessedteach.com, blessed with the number two teach.com, and go to the backstage tab and join us here backstage and get a Zoom link. Um, you don't have to have your, your uh, camera on if you don't want to, but I think you really would enjoy it if you had. Welcome everybody that joined into the kingdom of heaven and brothers and sisters in Christ that followed Gus's lead into that prayer. We'd love to have you back in the backstage ministry to grow with us where we do this every night. Yeah, where we, we are together doing some type of Bible study or some type of prayer or some type of praise and prayer or some type of word and worship. And then we have a platform where a free Facebook replacement platform to get together as Christian patriots and Zoom groups all during the week and weekend. So I think you'd love it. Join us. Um, again, we're going to be backstage in about 30 seconds, um, about 45 seconds. So love you guys. And we'll catch you next time. Put this on your calendar every Friday night for Friday night word and worship. God bless.